Thanks for checking out The Bridge Podcast, a ministry to St. Francis and the surrounding community. It's not a mistake you are here. We pray God speaks to you today. Service times are 9.30 and 11 a.m. Sunday mornings. Feel free to check us out at sfbridge.org. Have a life-giving week. Hey, welcome to The Bridge Church. As Matt said, six years. We're a first grader. I love it, dude. That's great. Great imagery right there. We're just all tripping over the place and spitting and chewing and, you know, just everything. Fun. Not that kind of chew. No, just, you know, first graders. Come on. All right. So here's what I want to do is just say welcome on your way out, man. Stay. We're having a party, okay? We're going to turn on some music. We're going to have fun. It's just going to be a great time because we want to celebrate what God has done. It's not about us. It's not about the Bridge Church, but it's about what God has done in and through this church. So can we just thank him this morning for what he's done? Come on. Just thank him. For those of you that don't know, my wife and I, this is my wife down here. She's a third of my size. And uh, we got married um, 16 years ago. And we've been on this crazy adventure uh, called church. And uh, we planted the Bridge Church six years ago. Took a huge step of faith. And here we are six years later, two services um, seeing a community that's impacted, a school district that's impacted by what you guys are doing. And so um, it's just an honor to be your pastor and serve you and this community. And uh, as I said last week, we're a church without walls. And uh, we're not here to do church. We're here to be the church. And it's just awesome. And I love that slide that Matt put up here this morning. All these businesses that said, hey, we want to get behind you. In fact, we didn't even have to go to every business. Business is called us because they wanted to give away stuff at our celebration today. Um, just one. Yeah, it's awesome. Um one person is is Kirby, and I want to give a special shout-out to Kirby. For every year that I can remember that we've been in the building now, we started at the elementary school, he has donated all, uh, he owns the subway in town, and every year he donates all of the cookies. He just gives them to us to give away. And so that's, you know, for a corporation different than a mom-and-pop place, that's huge, and that's an expense that he does to us. So be sure to thank him or get in there, buy a sub or something, I don't know. Um, just thank him. But here's what we're doing. We are on to this next series called At the Movies. Who, who are my movie watchers? Anybody? Yeah. All right. There's like no movie watchers first service. I'm like, what's going on? They're the early birds. You guys are out late at the movies, right? Late at night. You see when they open, right? You're there for all that. You're nerdy like me. It's great. Um, but here's the deal. First thing I want to do before we jump in, last thing I want to do is, is thank our creative team who put this whole stage together this week, all the lights and the fencing to this and all of this. And just, they did such a bang up job with the chalkboards on the entryway. And can we just thank them too? Can we do that? So. It's, it's been fun. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about one movie today. You just saw the, the trailer for it. And unfortunately, the movie's not on DVD yet, so you got to wait to see it. I'm sorry. But it's going to come out in just a couple weeks. It's called The BFG. And I remember the first time I walked into a movie theater, and I saw this giant cardboard cutout of this big giant. And I was there with my, my Levi, and I said to Levi, I said, hey, buddy, I said, what does that stand for? Is it like the big freaky giant? You know, he's like... No, Dad, it's friendly. I'm like, oh, he looks kind of freaky to me. I don't know if you thought he looks, it looks a little weird. How many read the book before? Did you have to read the book in school? Got a few of you. And uh, he loved the book. He was talking about the book and all of this. And so, um, you know, I watched it recently, and it's the big friendly giant. And so within this movie, it's an incredible movie that depicts this relationship the BFG, Big Friendly Giant, has 
with this little girl, Sophie. And they're just best of friends. They're hanging out together. They're loving life together. They're doing life together. And, and, and she, at the beginning of it, she thinks he's the big freaky giant, not the big friendly giant. And at the beginning of the movie, he, she's in an orphanage and the BFG reaches his hand in through this window and like takes her, picks her up out of her bed and takes her out of the, how many's gonna have nightmares now, right? And you go out there. And, and she's like, are you going to eat me? And you saw in the trailer, oh, you think just because I'm a giant, I'm going to eat you? No. And they end up developing this incredible relationship together. She's asking him questions. They're learning from each other. They're doing life together. It's just an incredible depiction. And why are we preaching on this? Why are we using this? It's because it's an incredible depiction of what I believe our relationship with God is supposed to be like, what it's supposed to look like. How many of you would ever say, you know what? I maybe have some myths or I have some lies that I've thought about who God is or maybe things that we don't think are necessarily true about God. How, how many have ever believed a lie about God? Have you ever done that? I, I have, you know. And uh, what I want to do this morning is something a little different. Um, we're going to do a little object lesson, and I need one volunteer this morning. I need, I need one volunteer who's, oh, I'm going to use Matt. Yes. Are you strong? Are you up for it? You didn't volunteer for a service. All right. Come on, dude. All right. Give it up for Matt. Come on. Come on. Well, thank him now. Um, he already knows what's up. So I'm going to have him. This is a Duluth pack. Anybody go up to the Boundary Waters? These are great. They're like $18 million for one of these things. And uh, um, is it heavy so far? Yeah. All right, good. So we'll, uh, we'll leave him down here. And uh, Matt, what we're going to represent is us. And there's already stuff in here. I got some tents in here. I've got, um, I got some other stuff going on in here. Somebody already packaged this together. And what I'm going to do is every time we bring up a myth about God, I'm going to add a book to represent one of the myths about God. All right, there we go. All right, so here we go. Everybody say myth number one. Here we go. Myth number one, God is intolerant and judgmental. Some of you are like, hey, that's not a myth. (laughs) It is. Okay, so myth number one, here we go. Here we go. Let's get this in here. All right, nice and good. All right, there we go. All right, that's good. All right, nice and heavy. All right, good. Myth number one, God is intolerant and judgmental, okay? In the BFG, in the movie, kind of towards the end, there's this really cool scene where the BFG is invited to Queen Elizabeth's palace, Buckingham Palace, and he shows up, but he's hiding. He's like hiding behind a tree because he's scared to reveal himself. And Sophie's hanging out with Queen Elizabeth, and Sophie's like, BFG, it's okay, it's okay, you can come in, BFG, it's going to be okay. You can just come, you can just put it down, it's going to be okay. And he's like just freaking out, like, no, Sophie, I'm not going to do that, all right? And, and finally, he steps out, and you see all these people that get ready, they have their artillery, and they're aiming it right at him, ready to shoot him. And he's like, look what happened. And he felt right away that he walked into church and was judged. He felt like right away he had to become something he wasn't ready to be yet. And so he walks in here, and instantly Sophia says to Queen Elizabeth, have your guard stand down. He means no harm to anybody. Here's this you know, ginormous giant that can just squash them all with his foot, you know. But I believe we think the same. I think what happens a lot of times, we come into a church service, or maybe we've been in church in the past, and we go in there, and maybe we were judged. Maybe we felt we had to be something we weren't. And so what happens is we equate our relationship with God with our experience in church. And so if we got hurt in church, we all of a sudden go, well, that's who God is. For, for those of you that don't know, I did not grow up churched, okay? I'm not your typical pastor. Welcome to the bridge. And here's the deal. I grew up going to church. I was bored out of my mind. My dad would take me a few times and we'd go in. And maybe you can relate to this. And no disrespect to anybody that goes to this kind of church, but it's not for me. I walk in. 
And, and I sit down and everybody's dressed up and I'm going, dude, I don't even have that. Like, I can't even look that nice. And I sit down in the chair or in the, the pew, you know, and, and I sit there and they got like the kneelers out and everybody's kneeling, then getting up, kneeling, going back down. And I'm like, I'm like trying to time it just right. Like, how do I, how do I do this? I don't know. I'm really uncomfortable. I've never been here and I feel like, you know, like I'm like a sinner and, and I'm going, I, I don't know if I should be here. And then all of a sudden, the pastor starts saying, you know, these prayers, and then the whole congregation says, and also with you. And I'm going, I, I don't see that in my program. Where, well, how am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to know this? And so I walked there, and we sat there for an hour and a half, and, and what was preached was above my head, and I thought, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so I never really wanted to go to church again. It wasn't until I was 17 years of age where I went to another life-giving church where I really believed in Jesus. I started following him, and then God, I thought, I think God thought it was humorous to make me a pastor, you know, the one that thought church was boring. Here I am doing this now. And so that's why we're a one-hour service. That's why we want to make it exciting. My attention span is probably shorter than yours, so you're welcome. And uh, that's who we are. But here's the deal. I think what happens, though, is sometimes those past experiences end up, we bring them into our present because we think this is who we are now. We think, well, you know what? When I went to that church, Church XYZ, they judged me. I felt I had to be something I wasn't. And now I kind of feel like to have a relationship with God, he's going to judge me or he's intolerant of where I am. Here's the truth. God will meet you where you need to be met. Okay? That's the truth. In fact, Proverbs chapter 25, verses 21 through 22, it says this. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will, you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. Heap burning coals. What does that mean? Heap burning coals on his head. I used to read this and I think, man, I, I love you so much, I'm just going to heap it all over you. Ha, ha, ha. It's not what it means. It's not like, look at me, I'm heaping kindness on you. Because that's kind of how it reads. That's not what it means at all. In fact, the tribes back in this day, they would set up camp and they would each have a coal that represented life to their tribe. And from this one coal that would stay hot all the time, they would start their fires with, they would heat their blankets with, they would use it to cook with. And when it went out, they didn't have any life source anymore. And so what Solomon is saying here in the book of Proverbs, he's saying, I want you to be so kind to them that you're their life force. I want you to be their life force, even to your enemy. Okay? Even to your enemy. Is that crazy? That's what God wants us to be. God does not want us as the church to be judgmental or intolerant, and God would not ask us to do something that he doesn't do. And so it's okay to come into a church. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to be skeptical. It's okay to go, you know what, God? I don't know why you didn't answer the prayer in the way I thought you would answer it. Okay? Here we go. Number two. So truth, truth one, is God meets us where we need to be met. Myth number two. Everybody say number two. Number two. God can't be real because of the evil and the suffering in this world. We're going to give you the interlinear Bible. Here we go. Myth number two. You holding up all right, Mac? Yep. All right, there we go. I think there's like three cows in there. Okay. Seriously, you can pack a ton of... Like, seriously, I can get my wife on airplanes with that bag. All right. <laughs> Actually, I can use this like a handheld wallet for her. But anyway, we'll just stay out of that. I love you, dear. All right, in the BFG, in the BFG, the BFG, the big friendly giant, he comes from the land of giants, okay? And some giants, now they don't show it in, because this is a kid's movie, some of the giants were known for eating kids, okay? And so she's like scared to go. 
You know, and there's evil and suffering within the land of giants. There's evil and suffering with our world. If that's the case, well, how, how can God let that happen? Well, here's the myth. If you ever read in the New Testament, two-thirds of our New Testament is written by this guy named Paul, okay? He was an apostle. He wrote two-thirds of it, and he spent time in many different locations. And he had stuff happen to him all the time. I mean, from he was in, from being imprisoned to being shipwrecked to being beaten, to being stoned, robbed. He was lost at sea. People falsely testified about him. He went without food. He went without water. He was caught up in huge storms. He was betrayed. All of this happening. Now, if I said to you today at the end of service, I said, hey, at the end of service, we're going to give you a chance to commit or recommit your life to Christ, which we are going to do. We do every Sunday. But if I did that and I said, here's what's going to happen when you say yes to Jesus. You're going to be beaten. You're going to be flogged. You might get killed. Sign up. Yay. He'd be like, that's not a life-giving church, bro. <laughs> that is not. So what's Paul say about this? This is awesome. It's just awesome. This is his response. And the reason it's his response is because God's not into circumstance changing. He's into character building. And so here we find out, right in 2 Corinthians 12.10, this is Paul's response to all this that's happened. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because of who Christ is. So Christ is saying, hey, there will be suffering, there will be things that happen, but I'm there. And so the truth is this, God offers hope and power through Jesus Christ to deal with the pain and suffering. That's who He is. That's why God sent His Son. Come on, somebody give Him some praise this morning. Can we do that? Come on. Myth number three, God comes in many forms. Myth number three, God comes in many forms. Introduction to the Old Testament. Ooh, fun. All right. If anybody wants to read these after church, you may. God comes in many forms. In the movie, Sophie says to the BFG, she says, it's just rather hard to believe. It's just rather hard to believe. You ever said that about God? I have. It's just rather hard to believe, Lord. Believing there's only one way to eternal life Man, I'll tell you what, it can be really, really challenging. But kudos to think there's more, because that seems to take more faith than what I have. In fact, there's 35 Bible verses that state there is no way to eternal life than through Jesus Christ. 35 verses. So either the Bible is true or it's not, and nowhere does the Bible contradict itself. So if that is true, then Jesus is Lord. If it's not true, he was a liar and a lunatic. That's our choice to make. He doesn't cram it down our throats. But that's the Word of God. In fact, Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And I'll be really honest with you. When I became a believer, I was still a skeptic. I thought, if Jesus is real, God, prove it to me. And, he, and I believe He did through a matter of time, through experience and through learning and through studying Scripture. But then I thought, what if the Bible isn't true? Did Jesus really walk the earth 2,000 years ago? Was he really God in the flesh? And so what I did is I found other extra-biblical evidences. I got into archaeology. I studied a lot of it. And one of the one of the things that I learned is there's so much context, even outside of the Bible, of Jesus' life, that there's no way you can't believe him. So either he was Lord or he was a liar. Even atheists believe he still walked the earth and was there. And so there's a great website. I don't have it on the screen. I apologize. But this is what it is. 
If you were a skeptic like I was, and I encourage you to check this out, it's beginningandend.com front slash Jesus. Again, if you're a skeptic, beginningandend.com front slash Jesus. And it goes through all this extra biblical evidence of who Jesus was in the time outside of Scripture from these different perspectives. It's very, very cool, very inspiring. So the truth is this. There is but one God. That is our truth. Myth number four. Everybody say number four. Come on. Number four. God is boring. <laughs> Look to your neighbor and say, dude, he made you. You're not boring. <laughs> Some of you did. Nice job. All right, thanks. You got your Urban's Bible Dictionary there going on. <laughs> you need a back massage? Kristen. That's Matt's wife. All right. She does that for a living, by the way. We'll plug her business for a second. Um, God is not boring. That, that's the, that's the myth. Well, it's, it's boring. You know, like I said, I dreaded church, but I have to tell you, just as in this movie, Sophie goes on this incredible journey. She goes to giant land, and then she goes to dreamland, and in the movie, how they depict dreamland is so amazing. The BFG and Sophie, they're holding hands, and the BFG, the big friendly giant, is looking down, kind of looks like our floor here, it's kind of reflective, and he looks down, and he dives in to the floor, or into the, into the reflection, and he looks up and he sees Sophie, and he says, come on, jump in, because that's how you get to dreamland in the movie. And she's like a little scared about it, and she goes into this dreamland where they make, and they see all these dreams come true, and she's just hanging out with him, and it's this incredible adventure they go on. Just, just amazing. I have to say that the greatest adventure you will ever have is when you say yes to Jesus. He will take you on the greatest ride of your life. And so the truth is simply this. The most adventurous life you will ever have is by following Christ. It's simple but true. Myth number five. God's rules are unreasonable. Here we go. World's Bible Handbook. Oh, you're getting some good... These are heavy. You doing okay, bro? Yeah? <laughs> Liar! My worship pastor just lied to me. He's, he's struggling. That's, and those are like, there's no pads on those at all. That's just leather cutting into his shoulders there. All right. God's rules are unreasonable. And back in the book of Joshua, they cross into the promised land with Joshua and the Israelites. Here's what it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Okay, now, the word prosperous in the church takes a really bad name, and so let's define what prosperous means right here. Prosperous simply means to the Israelites and to Joshua and the leaders that when they cross in to the land of Canaan, they will be successful against them. That's what that means, okay? Not that they're going to be wealthy, they're going to be rich and have everything, but the fact that they're going to go and they're going to take the land for God, and God has given them that blessing. That's what it means right there. God has given us the Ten Commandments to follow. Don't steal. Don't murder. Honor your father and mother. You know, don't, you know, don't have any false accusation. All of that. How many times have we ever not followed every single Ten Commandments? I bet we all at one place or time have broken just, just a snippet of what God's rules are. And we think right then, we think that myth. Well, this is unreasonable. That's not the myth. Let me explain. Jesus came not to abolish that law, but he came to fulfill it. And now rather than, well, there's an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth, you can't say, well, Jesus abolished that. No, he fulfilled it now. He made the law even greater, not unreasonable, but he said now rather than eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, what did he say? Turn the other cheek. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
Give to those in need. Take the shirt off your back. He used the story of the Good Samaritan stuff. All of this to display who we are to be, and that's to be Christ-like. And so the truth is this. God's rules are not unreasonable, but keeping them perfectly is completely unreachable. There's a difference. There's a difference. Now, every single one of us has fallen short of God's standard. Every single one of us. We, we, we can't meet that. And we find, well, that's not fair. In fact, it's not fair. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, I don't have this on the screen, but Jesus gives us a command that he says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. All right, on the count of three, let's all put up our hands who's followed that command. One, two, three. A few of us have been perfect as our heavenly Father is perfect. Okay? I don't think any of us have done that ever. Okay? So why would Jesus give us this command? Because he wants us not to rely on ourselves. He wants us to rely on him. Real simple. Real simple. It's not that they're unreasonable. It's that doing it with our own strength is unreachable because he wants us to depend on him. Just as we see in the movie, Sophie depending on her big friendly giant. It's awesome. Here we go. Myth number six. Everybody say number six. God is unforgiving. Oh, Strong's concordance. Oh, yeah. That sucker's huge, dude. This is like, like seriously, come up here after church and just lift this. I dare you. All right, all right, this is heavy, man. You okay? Like, seriously, are you okay? All right, all right. God's unforgiving. Here, here's the cool part. God does not see our sins written with permanent marker, okay? But rather with dry erase. It's with dry erase. And can I just say God has the biggest eraser of anybody? He does. He does. First John Chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What's unrighteousness mean? It just means that we're not standing right with God. He'll purify us from all of that. He will forgive us. This is the one point in the story that doesn't perfectly parallel with our relationship with God. Because in the BFG, Sophie goes with him to this land of dreams and she messes with other people's dreams in the land of dreams. And the BFG says, look what you've done. There will be no forgiveness. That cannot be further from the truth of who God is. God will always offer us forgiveness. The truth is this. God is forgiveness. It's in his nature. It's who he is. It's, 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 it's his character. Here we go. Number seven. God is a dream crusher. Little Josephus going on. You want extra biblical? There you go. Oh, that is like getting full, man. God's a dream crusher. How many ever thought your spouse was a dream crusher? Don't answer that right now. We'll see you in my office Monday. Um, you ever thought God was a dream crusher? Like, God, if I serve you, I, I got to do all this stuff, and I don't know that I want to do that. In, in the movie, Sophie says to her giant, she says, why are you giving me a dream? I love that question. What if we all ask God that question? God, why are you giving me a dream? What's the purpose of it? Why, why are you entrusting me with purpose? Okay, there's probably about a hundred of us here right now. And why in the world did God create just you? Okay, why? Was it just to take up space? Was it just, you know, because there's too much oxygen, we needed to give some up to you? No. It's that you have a purpose. It's that God has given you a dream. God wants that dream to come alive. He wants to see that lived out. That's the truth. That's the truth. Proverbs 20, verse 5. 
It says the purposes, I love this, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. But one who has insight draws them out. See, God's put it in your heart when we have a relationship with Him. That's when He draws the dream out. That's when He draws the dream out. The truth is this. If you're going, I don't know what my dream is. I don't know what my purpose is. God will put a dream in your heart. Just ask Him for it. Myth number eight. God doesn't hear me. Just introduction to the history of Christianity. All right. Light reading here in this book. God doesn't hear me. Sophie says to the BFG when she leaves, when he leaves her at the orphanage, she asks, she calls out, and she says, will you hear me when I call for you? Will you hear me when I call for you? And I love his response in the movie. Here's the big friendly giant says this to Sophie. He says, I hear all the secret whispers of the world. Isn't that good? That's so good. That's preaching material right there. Come on. You ever feel like when I pray, my prayers aren't answered? You ever, you ever felt that way? I'll be honest, I have. You know, I have, a, I have a cousin right now who's suffering from stage 4 cancer that I've been praying for. She hasn't been healed yet. I'm believing that she will be. I haven't seen it yet, but I believe, you know. And, and we pray for people here. Sometimes we see miracles. Sometimes we see healing. Sometimes we don't. And God's challenged me theologically with the truth versus the myth. Within the Bible, unless you can show it to me later, here's my challenge for you, unless you can show me, every place I read in the Bible, not one time does Jesus turn anyone away. Never. Every single time, Jesus hears that person, prays for that person, and that person is healed. Every single time somebody went to Jesus, they were healed in the New Testament. Not one place were they not. I don't think the church should be any different than that. God, we have faith. Increase our faith. Amen? The truth is this. Jesus cares and wants to hear your voice. It's not that he doesn't hear. I think sometimes it's, it's not that we're waiting on God. It's that God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Here we go. Two more. Number nine. God is not jealous. Making your marriage, making your love last forever. All right. This is good stuff. Some of you need that because a lot of you laughed about the dream crusher thing with your spouse. All right. It's a good book. God is not jealous. You may say, well, Chris, you got that wrong. The myth should be God is jealous. No, it's right, and here's why. Let me explain. In Exodus 34, verse 14, it says this, Do not worship any other, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. See, God doesn't want anything other than Him to be worshipped. Within the movie, you see the big friendly giant and Sophie hanging out together. And the big friendly giant wanted relationship with Sophie. Sophie wanted it with the BFG. It's amazing. But I think sometimes we put other things in place. I know I'm guilty of it. Sometimes I'll go fishing, you know, or I'll put other things in place. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going fishing or going to the cabin or anything like that. But sometimes in my heart I'm going, you know what? I don't have God in the right place right now. And that's idolatry. That's, that's worshiping other gods besides just Him. God is a jealous God going, I just want to be your God. He has the best for you and for me. And so the truth is really this. God wants first place in your life. You want to know why? Because you are first place in His. 
Here's the last one. Number 10. Everybody say number 10. Here we go. Number 10. Number 10. God is demanding. How heavy is that, bud? It looks really heavy. It looks really heavy. His guitar is going to feel so light in a minute. God is demanding. We think we got to do so much. You know, we think we, we got to have all the answers. Only the pastor has all the answers. Come on. <laughs> pastor does not have all the answers for those of you that are new here, okay? We have to live perfectly. We have to pray seven times a day. We got to fast. We got to go to church. We, we got to do it right, man. We got to have our soap devotional. We got to have our acts devotional. We got to have this right. We got to make sure we're reading the proverb every day and the Old Testament verse every day and the New Testament verse every day. We got to get it right. If we don't get it right, man, I, I just, ah, my head's going to explode. God is not demanding like that. That is not God's character. God desires a relationship with us, not a bunch of do this, do that, blah, 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 blah. He wants to have a relationship. It's super simple, but it's also intimate. And for us guys, it gets a little weird sometimes, okay? Because here it is, this incredible God that loves us, who created the universe, sending his son while we were still sinners, going, I want to have a relationship with you, so I'm giving you my best because I want your best. But he gives it to us in such a gracious way. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus' words say this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is what? My burden is light. Matt, come here for a second. Here's the deal. <laughs> That's awesome. You can barely walk up those stairs. I'll, I'll take it off in just a second. Just bear with me one more moment. It's kind of fun. I think you should worship with that on your back. You all right? No. <laughs> it's really heavy. Seriously, come up. I'll leave this on the floor. Check it out later. Here's what God wants to do, though. Okay? The truth is God's burden is easy. And what he wants to do when we carry around all these myths about God and all these demands that we put on ourselves or we think, it gets really heavy. Why don't you go ahead and take it off? Oh my gosh! Seriously! He wants to take this off. This is what a lot of you came in here today carrying with. And my prayer is that when you came in here today, that the spirit of heaviness would fall. Let me close just by saying this, and we're going to worship together for one more song this morning, and then we're going to go celebrate. There's a point in the movie that's super cool. It's my favorite part of the whole movie. But halfway through, after Sophie and the BFG developed this relationship together, he leaves for a while. She doesn't know where he's at. She wants to have a relationship with him, but she can't find him. But yet she trusts in him, even though she can't see him. She goes to her window at the orphanage. She can't see him anywhere. She looks out down the street to the right, looks out down the street to the left, doesn't see her BFG anywhere to be found. And so she decides, don't, don't do this in real life, but she decides if I just jump out the window, he'll show up. And so she runs, jumps out the window, looks like she's going to plummet to her death. And in the last moment, the BFG holds out his hand and catches her. 
Here's the deal. Faith sometimes, it's not, it's not us always holding on to God in our faith walk. It's letting God hold on to us. It's really what it comes down to. Would you stand this morning? Let's pray. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.